Hey, it's Graham here. Just before we begin the show, just wanted to say that um, we had a bit of a problem recording this one. In the first few minutes of the podcast, Maria, who's our special guest, her audio is slightly defective. Um, please bear with it. We had some technical problems. We even had a power cut uh, during the course of the recording. Her bad audio only lasts maybe three or four minutes, and after that, everything should be good. And we still think it's worth putting out. So uh, bear with it and enjoy the show. Smashing Security is supported by Recorded Future, the real-time threat intelligence company whose patented machine learning technology continuously analyzes technical, open, and dark web sources to give organization unmatched insight into emerging threats. Sign up for the free daily threat intelligence update at recordedfuture.com slash intel. That's recordedfuture.com slash intel. Smashing Security, Episode 36, Flash, Clunk Flush, and Hacking Security Researchers, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Smashing Security, number 36. Indeed, my name's Graham Cluley, and I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host, Carol Terrio. Hello, Carol, how are you? I'm good. I just wish I was 36 again, actually. <sighs> that was some time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the nineties, oh, it's going to be one of those. It's, it's one, of those. one of those. It's going to be one of those. Oh, and as my. you've just heard, we are joined by a special guest today, and it is Maria Vermasis, information security and technology blogger. Hello, Maria. Welcome Hi. to the show. Hi, great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria. I am so so glad we <laughs> never have enough women on this show, and I am thrilled to bits that you're here. Oh well. So thank you for joining because I know you have recently had a baby, so you're not getting a lot of sleep these days, are you? <laughs> I'm about as sleep deprived as most people in our industry. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you say recently, do you, do you mean this morning or what? No, 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 heavens no. no. But it feels okay. like it. No, no, uh, three okay. months ago. So I just came off maternity leave about a week ago. So I'm <laughs> I'm dusting off everything going, what the hell happened? I just, <laughs> just want to cry happened the day I was in the hospital. It was amazing. So oh, wow. the oh. nurses were going, I think something happened and I'm going to have to change all my passwords again. And <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> they're wheeling in my baby in the bassinet and I'm like, oh my God, I can't get away from this anywhere. <laughs> Well, thank heavens you weren't having it in the British NHS, because that oh, could really yeah. have been a problem, couldn't it? Would, would have been, been, would have been. Anyway, thank you for coming on the show. And yes. I agree with Crow. We need more women on this show. In fact, we've, we've had shamefully few. Well, obviously, there's been you, Crow. And, yeah, you uh, don't count. <laughs> kind of represented most uh, every week. But you don't count at all, is what we're saying. She, she doesn't count. <laughs> no. <laughs> you two cancel each other out and you become like a, a gender neutral thing. I don't know. <laughs> Now, listen, guys, listen, guys, each of us is going to choose something which has uh, tickled our security uh, nostrils over the last week and uh, mm. got our attention. My story this week is, well, let me start off by saying this. Um, what do you think is a security researcher's biggest nightmare? What do you think would really terrify them? Running out of booze. Uh, yeah, booze, yeah. Being hacked. Being hacked. Meeting a member of the opposite sex. All of those sort of things. <laughs> Definitely are a concern for those of us in the info security world. But, Carole, you have put your finger on it because a senior threat analyst at Mandiant, mm. which is, of course, a division of the security firm FireEye, was hacked 
in what appears to have been a revenge attack. Now, I'm not going to name him because he's probably embarrassed enough as it is and is worried that his uh, future career prospects are scorched. But uh, he was targeted by hackers as part of a campaign which they're calling hashtag leak the analyst. Mm. And a bunch of hackers who call themselves, hey, Maria, you're a bit geeky. You'll be able to handle this. 31337. OMG! which i think is meant to mean elite um a bunch of elite hackers it's like Uh, 1996 all over i know (laughs) i think this dates the hackers this dates the hacker operation yeah yeah, mid-30s they've given them they've given away (laughs) some information about themselves there anyway they took information from this israeli researcher and they made it available for anyone to download from the net it's still available to download mm-hmm. um, including his email archive megabytes and megabytes of that passwords contacts database details of private communications with potential recruiters <laughs> slightly <laughs> awkward isn't it cloud drives his calendar it's got to be kind of dull though right <laughs> like, dull yeah <laughs> I mean, the guy's just, you know, emailing, saying, I'll be home for dinner. And, you know, yes, boss, I'll get that for you right away. Yes. Who's getting donuts for tomorrow's meeting? Oh, can I have a job with recruiters? I mean, yeah. it's not, you know. Well, no, it could be fairly juicy if you were talking about a particular hacking campaign or a piece of malware. And if you were the hacker who was being analyzed by this analyst, that may be useful. Furthermore, you may be able to find communications, as as they claim to have done, about some of their clients and the situations that they found themselves in. They even managed to track the poor guy's location because his... uh, I said poor guy. He really was because he had a Microsoft Surface and it was being geo-tracked. And so they were able to you know, pinpoint where in Israel he was, you know, from day to day. And to add insult to injury, the hackers even defaced oh dear, their victim's LinkedIn page, replacing his picture with a photograph of a hairy bottom. <laughs> Sorry, what? A hairy bottom. Mm. Did you see this picture? I have seen it, yes. Do you think it is her suit? Can I see it? (laughs) Maria? I I haven't seen it. I'm curious. Links in the show notes. Links in the show notes. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) And they described him, you know, normally where you have your job title is like, you know, information security expert or something like that. What they wrote was, um, asshole fucked up analyst at fucked up mandiant. I have no idea what... <laughs> now, the profile has since been deleted. Mm. Um, perhaps, understandably, uh, he's decided to remove his LinkedIn presence. But not very good, really, is it? And um, so the bad guys, they, they posted up on Pastebin and they provided a link uh, where you could download all of this data, which they'd grabbed and the screenshots and the evidence that the accounts had been compromised. And they posted their little manifesto. And they said... For a long time, we, the, get ready, Maria, 31337 hackers, (laughs) tried to avoid these fancy analysts whom Mm. trying to track, it's not great grammar, to be honest, Mm. whom trying to trace our attack footprints back to us and prove they are better than us. In the hashtag leak the analyst operation, we say, f*** the consequence. Let's track them on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. <laughs> That's very Let's famous. Let's go after everything yeah. they've got. Let's go after their countries. That's a bit They're bold. tiny speakers. Let's trash <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. Let's trash their reputation in the field. 
If during your stealth operation you pwned an analyst, target him and leak his personal oh. and professional. Oh, hey. So basically, they're declaring war on the good guys. Yeah, but the girls are safe. It's personal. It's his personal and professional data. So we're there cool. are no female <laughs> analysts. <laughs> yeah. Well, or we're all safe because they don't know we're mm. there. We might be the next. Are uh, you saying hackers are sexist? No. <laughs> I would never no. dare. Well, now, if you were to peruse the documents which they've now leaked from this guy's computer, um, it it appears... Con- it's like reading someone's diary. Well, yes. Why would well, you do that? Uh, <laughs> really? Well, in preparation for this podcast, perhaps. But I didn't... Oh, well, no, I, I, oh. Am I the only one with well, a moral I didn't, I, fiber? Listen, I didn't look through his emails, right? I didn't do that. But there were certain... Oh, well, good uh, for you. you. There were certain documents and presentations related to some Mandiant slash Far-Eye customers, such as the Israeli oh. Defense Force. Oh! Um, and those have been leaked out as a consequence of the hack. Right? Not... Okay, so I take back what I said earlier. I uh, yes, I was assuming perhaps it was his personal email archive, but of course it wasn't. So yes, customer data. Yikes! Mm. Um, Now, the hackers say that they have hacked Mandiant's internal network and they've compromised client data, and that they might leak that in the future. Uh, Hmm. Yeah. That seems weird that you'd say that beforehand if you did actually have it. I know. I'm a bit suspicious because you think, well, why Why haven't they leaked it already? If they want to cause embarrassment, if they want to give this guy some pain and get him in trouble, you probably would have done that as well, wouldn't you? Unless they're wanting mm. ransom. Well, they don't seem to have asked for anything like that. It appears to be more a sort of a sort of personal attack in a way. You know, they just don't don't like the, their stuff being researched. I maybe. would think some someone who has the a capability to... to to target somebody and was in an internal network would actually lie low and see how much they can get away with. Yeah. I mean, just see how long it takes for them to be discovered on the network, you know. And and we don't know how long they were. They did compromise this guy's account. It's only from the geo data where they were tracking his lovely old Microsoft Surface. It does appear that that may go back some time. I don't know if that's an archive which is available to anyone, you know, whenever they log in. But it does appear mm. that there was some old information mm. in there. Now... The obvious danger is, has client data been compromised? FireEye have issued a statement. They've told Gizmodo, we're aware of the report. So they basically confirm that the hack has happened. We're investigating. We've taken steps to limit exposure. Um, But there's currently no evidence that any corporate systems at the company have been compromised. Uh, They say customer data, keeping that secure is a top priority. And to date... They've only confirmed the exposure of business documents related to two separate customers in Israel. One imagines one of those is the IDF. And they've addressed the situation with those customers directly. That's an awkward phone call to make, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, we might have ex- we have. <laughs> How do you start? Hi. <laughs> On my short list of people to not piss off, the IDF is definitely one of them. <laughs> You're right. 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 Oh, my. Oh, my Absolutely. goodness. So what are the morals from this, folks? Get off the internet. <laughs> just just delete everything and go home. <laughs> Bury your head in the sand. Right. right. Uh, and also, schadenfreude is a dangerous thing. It is. And know. anyone can be vulnerable, right? I think none mm. of us can imagine that just because of our jobs or our roles or the fact that we're working in security 24-7, that somehow we couldn't be targeted. The truth is that everyone makes mistakes. I remember years and years ago, I was... Um, I was working at a security company and they were holding a, an antivirus conference and experts from all around the world were bringing in their presentation from rival firms. And one of these guys gave me a floppy disk there. That's oh dated my. me. And he said, here's my presentation. 
I said, thank you very much. And I shoved it in my computer because it was my job to collate everyone's presentation. And the antivirus on my, on my computer went zoop, 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 because it contained a virus on the floppy disk. And, was it the uh, Morris worm? How, back, how far back are we going with this? How, 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 how dare you? How dare you? But, but I had to go back sheepishly to this antivirus expert and say, um, you appear to have given me a virus. Um, a fairly well-known name in the industry. And um, the, the truth is that he'd been using exactly the same computer to analyze viruses as he'd been using to write his presentation. And, uh, you know, so... People make mistakes. I don't think that's the stake here, though. I don't think that's, the, that's no. what's going no. on here. I think what may have happened here from an examination, because one of the things which fell out of this were passwords. And it does appear mm. that this particular guy may have been reusing passwords. It's possible. Oh, exactly. Oh. It's possible that his password leaked out from the old LinkedIn data breach, but also that he had a formula for passwords. You know how sometimes people think, well, you know, I will have different passwords, but what I'll have is I'll have a sort of base word, a base password, and then I'll add on. The, the first um, two letters of the domain Graham, or something like that. you and I years ago wrote a video about how to recommending people do that. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I remember. No, we uh, did. Yeah, I remember. Did. Yeah, we, we did. did. Oh, oh. Yes. Yes, oh, we did. And we did. you're the you're the, you're the star no. of the show and I'm behind Carole, the camera. Mm. Links in the show notes. Mm. That video doesn't say that. The video we have is one where we say, make up a random sentence and take the first letter of every word. That's what it's, that's what the video is. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not. Okay, okay it, is, it was a while ago. We'll go watch it, but I have a feeling mm. you may be wrong. Mm. Anyway, I don't remember. Oh, we digress. <laughs> we digress. Show notes. We digress. <laughs> yes. Um, Settle the fight. Anyway, the even, even the advice we gave in that old video, uh, it doesn't really scale for the number of passwords which you need today. You know, my advice is use, exactly. a, no, use a blinking password yeah. manager to remember your passwords, Amen. to keep them secure, and yeah. to generate passwords as well. So many people use their own like personal mental cipher thinking nobody can ever crack this, but I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, as you were saying, with all the passwords we need nowadays, there's no way you can can make that even sane. So, yes, please. But on the other hand, though, a lot of people don't trust, you know, um, password managers. There's a yeah. lot of doubt, you know, in putting storing stuff in the cloud and trusting a third party to do you it. You don't have to Especially, use a cloud-based password manager, though. That's true. You can use a local one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I like cloud-based ones. I personally use one, but I d completely get that there there are problems with them for sure. And people understandably are skeptical. But there are also problems with storing your passwords locally on your computer. You know, it, it's... There's no perfect solution. It's th th right. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. So anyway, this guy, looking at some of his passwords, like I said, he, he works at Mandiant, which is a FireEye company. Some of the passwords have the word fire in them. You think, oh, seriously, guy, you know, are you doing this? Um, but hey, all security researchers out there, make sure that you're practicing what you preach. I Yeah. And I think actually it's an idea of that many people just assume that they will not be targeted. And I think that's, you know, that's a fairly likely probability you won't be targeted if you're just, but you know, in this industry and with this leak the analyst operation, I wonder what your advice would be, Graham, for other analysts out there. Are you saying literally just make sure your passwords are good and strong and unique? Well, and have layered security and enable two-factor authentication and all the, I mean, we, we have, for instance, talked in the past about different ways in which you can protect your email account. All the variety, we'll, we'll link to a past podcast in the show notes. Oh, my word, we've got a lot of show links today, haven't we? But we'll put some of those things in where you can learn some of the techniques which you can use to harden the security to better protect yourself from these kind of attacks. But ultimately, 
I'm afraid it's your brain, isn't it? It's your mouse finger which might be clicking or making a mistake, or it's your it's your decision as to whether you are going to choose a strong password or a weak one. And mm. um, I think some people think, oh, because I'm a bit nerdy, somehow I don't have to worry so much as my auntie. Yep, Jim. I know someone. Mm-hmm. I know someone exactly who's very savvy in security, and they insist on using the word password as their password. Really? How did you know? Yeah. Uh, it advertises it. When did I tell you that? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think it's an arrogance of mm-hmm. I'll never be targeted. Give me a break. Wow. Um, so well, yeah. everyone's a target, even if you're not a security analyst. I mean, not to be completely tinfoil hatty, but I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's having worked at security companies before, you know, even the marketing intern can be <laughs> a target. And, uh, yeah. you know, definitely people who are high visibility targets like an analyst know that they really need to practice what they preach, but that goes all the way down, doesn't it? So, uh, well, yeah, and this is a good, uh, this is a good wake up call for everybody who may have been a bit lax as of late on their own personal security whilst they're sitting there telling everyone else how to behave, yeah. right? Maria, what have you got for us this week? Well, uh, to, to paraphrase from Monty Python, uh, Flash, it's not dead yet. I'm not going to even try and make a dead parrot joke, but there we go. Uh, uh, So as many of us have heard, and no doubt many of our listeners would know, Flash is finally going to kick the bucket. Adobe announced in 2020 and supposedly is an expiration date for the much maligned plug-in and and video player and interactive thingamajigger. Um, However, (laughs) I mean, what else do you want to call Flash? Uh, Attack vector. There is an ongoing effort from at least one web developer on GitHub to keep Flash alive. Why? <laughs> and that is the Why? reaction of many people around the internet. <laughs> okay. So the petition from web developer Juha Lindstedt, I hope I didn't mispronounce his name, uh, says open sourcing Flash and the Shockwave spec would be a good solution to keep Flash and Shockwave projects alive safely for archive reasons. Don't know how, but that's the beauty of open source. You never know what will come up after you go open source. Hooray. Okay. Mm. All right. So mm. the reaction of much of the security community is <laughs> paraphrased beautifully by Curl's reaction. Uh, <laughs> please just let Flash die already. It is due to die in 2020. Like, that's not nearly soon enough, but like, yeah. let's make this happen. Put us out of our misery by putting it out of its misery. Amen to that. Mm. And uh, just in case people mm. want some stats from a lovely Gizmodo article quoting, I believe, our sponsor, Recorded Future, uh, <laughs> they ranked Adobe Flash Player as the most frequently exploited product in 2015, comprising eight of the top 10 vulns leveraged by exploit kits, yeah. and noted the existence of over 100 exploit kits and known vulns. Wow. So, yeah, it's a problem. Eight out of 10, eh? Yeah. It's a, a bet, did better on tests than I am. So, there we go. So... <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I've gone back and forth in my head on this whole thing because I love open source projects. I worked with a lot of the guys on Metasploit, which is a very yeah. wonderful open source project. And I've seen firsthand how wonderful the open source community is and what amazing things they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but open source is, of course, a double-edged sword. You mm-hmm. open up that source code to the world and there's a real possibility that a lot of people are not going to be working out of the goodness of their heart to fix Flash. <laughs> and they're just going to go to town and find all sorts of volumes that they couldn't find before. So we're going to have an even more vulnerable Flash, if that is even a thing that you can imagine. Uh, it is quite a target. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the kind of archival reason. I like that. I think that makes, that does make some sense that, you know, 
people should be able to kind of research this information and see how it was Specifically, working. ZomboCom and Homestar Runner and Yvonne's World. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Newgrounds. Good games, I'm quite right? nostalgic you know? about a lot of those retro yeah. kind of computer things. It's, it would be a shame. Hey, I've got an idea. Mm. Could we, could we, hey, look, huddle up, right? Good, good guys. <laughs> Get together, right? Because how about we open source Flash, right? And so all the hackers and the bad guys, the malicious hackers, can spend lots of time and continue spending lots of time exploiting Flash, but the rest of us agree not to ever use it. Because mm. the danger of closing down Flash is that the bad guys will then put all of their attentions on exploiting something we are using. But if we just keep mm. it there and they don't hear that we're not actually using it. Yeah, because they're all idiots. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this yeah, will work with no problems at all. Right. Good. Yeah. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so basically. How many people use Flash now, though? Maybe really? everybody. Every, it, yeah. Still? Because it's everywhere. Because still. they have it's just to. Lurking. Because too many websites still have a, a tiny, yeah. incy-wincy little bit of them. Literally which, everyone who watches hentai stuff in the internet that yeah. uses Flash. So those guys are going to be really pissed when it goes away. I'm just saying. Well, it's like, how much warning do they need? I mean, we've been we've known it's going to, you know, it's the longest death in history. <laughs> quite the death rattle for flash you know, it's, it's taking longer to die than xp <laughs> yeah it's it's taking way too long in my opinion and many other people's opinions however as the petition says you never know what could come up after you go open source exclamation point and i mean okay <laughs> mm. fair enough uh it could become more secure with more eyeballs on it in theory that is possible but you know open source projects are not always necessarily known for continuing after a certain point you know having a lot of support people tend to drop them and I don't know how interesting this is as a problem for a lot of people. I mean, Flash has been around for forever. Mm. But that said, what do we do when this when Flash goes away? Like, what do you do with all those Homestar Runner videos? And, and it's not just videos, I should say. It's really the interactive content, the stuff that you click on. Because right. videos are not really the problem. Mm -hmm. It's the interactive stuff. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of people who have attempted to solve this problem, basically making uh, interactive videos from early 2000s workable. Mm -hmm. But since this fl flashback is closed, like, you, you can't really do much with it. So there really hasn't been a good solution and there's really no viable alternative right now. So that is actually a legitimate issue if, if there's stuff that you want to still use once Flash goes away. So one thing that I've seen mm. suggested is that the browser plugin of Flash is killed off. That's right. completely zapped because that's obviously the most common attack vector. But maybe there could be an open source desktop player instead. And so if you had something which you really wanted to run to check it out, you still could... But the yeah. exposure is greatly reduced. That does sound like a good solution to me. It would yeah. be a program which yeah. you have running on your on desktop, desktop and you load a file into it. You say, this is the flash file which I want to run. Right. Yeah. Something it's, like that. If So, yeah, if you're an internet archivist and those people do exist and you really want to access that E-bombs world thing from, you know, the stick figure fighting game from 2002, <laughs> you can. Uh, and, you know, the, and that way we don't lose all that ephemera from the early 2000s, really. And I also like the idea. I think I'm a little less cynical about open source. And I think, yeah, yeah, sure, there's a few bad apples out there. But I think, you know, you don't know it'll come up and it could be amazing. They could actually make it much, much more secure and usable. It's absolutely possible. It, it, that's the thing. It is a complete unknown. I mean, it really could happen. And that would actually be kind of exciting. However, I mean, as I said, I kind of go back and forth on this one because I can see either point of view. But one thing I'm thinking is that 
what's going to happen if we open source Flash is we're going to have kind of a shambling zombie form of Flash after 2020. And people are going to go, well, okay, so Flash isn't officially supported anymore, but there's an open source version. So I'm not going to actually get rid of it on my website because technically there's a viable option. When really we need to be telling people, stop using it. Like, for the love of God, why are you still doing this? Like I can save 30 grand by not updating my, my system and carry on using Flash and just change it to this new open source correct, version. Correct, correct. And that's, that's yeah. not an outcome we want to see, at least those of us in the security world. So, Okay, guys, I'm going to mm. put you in the hot seat, right? Should we kill Flash or not? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Come on, are we going to save it? I'm giving a thumbs up or thumbs down, but you can't see because I'm over the microphone. No. Um <laughs> I oh. I think I like put it. I think you're not giving us the option of kill it for everyday users, but throw it into the open source community to see what they can do with but it. But that, but is that actually? Mm, I know. I see. It there's a, that's I not s- killing it. It's not dead yet. <laughs> Maybe getting better. <laughs> I like this open source desktop player thing, which will mean that people will still have to update their websites and fix their websites and stop being reliant on Flash, but uh, and but the exposure is reduced in the browser, which is the primary attack vector. Why wouldn't they just say to download it? They would just say, go download this tool. Are people going to do that? I mean, we're, we're talking about reducing the, the attack surface, right? Yeah. If, we, if we get rid of the Flash browser plugin, that definitely needs to go. I don't think anyone's really fighting for that. I mean, maybe they are, but I, I certainly am not. That certainly won't... Mitigate the issue. And does interactive ad? I, actually, this is a question I don't even know the answer to. It, interactive ads um, in videos, mm-hmm. right? So, is it, are they all flash reliant? As we know, like right now, because that was probably what's causing the big delay and them being wiped out. If it is, I, I imagine a lot of them are not. I mean, t- to me, the thing that has killed off flash in a lot of websites right now is mobile, because yeah. a lot of mobile mm-hmm. devices no, yeah. long, no longer support flash. So that has done a lot for killing Flash more than anything else. Uh, so I doubt that those are Flash-based. I mean, I'm sure there are in some corners of the world, but uh, I, I imagine many of them have moved to HTML5 or other uh, options. I mean, do we still see the uh, the mortgage ads with the dancing person where you punch the number? I mean, that sounds like 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I mean, there are other problems with ads that we could go, we could probably do 50 shows on that alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, enough chat. I've decided we're going to kill it. Flash right. is going to die. There you go. <laughs> Someone had to make a decision. Okay. It rest in peace. It's in room 101. <laughs> Pull the lever. Clunk okay. flash. Clunk, clunk flash, actually. Bye, flash. <laughs> boom, boom. God. Oh, dear. Carol, take us away from this madness. Give us a, a totally sane topic to chat about. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about hacked billboards. Mm-hmm. Um, so this today, Wednesday, the day of recording, we've seen reports of a giant billboard in Wales, capital Cardiff. Uh, it's main shopping street. It's been hacked. So the billboard seems to have been accessed by a hacker via remote control. And then they took control of the screen to display rather shocking images to the uh, shoppers of Cardiff. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, this has only just happened. There's not a lot of info right now that's just come out at the time of recording. But a message posted by an anonymous user on the community site 4chan. Uh. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm putting little I'm putting little uh, little marks around community site 4chan. Good old 4chan. <laughs> Paragon of internet citizenry. Anyway. <laughs> Now, this was posted um, late Monday evening, and it read, I live in Cardiff, Wales, UK. Earlier today, I was walking to work and looked up at a giant 300-foot TV screen on the side of the building. That's what he says. (laughs) 300 feet. In Wales? I I, I think in... I'm surprised they've got 30-inch TVs in Wales. 
wait, that's where they filmed Doctor Who, right? It so, is. It is. Yeah. Yes. That that's that's ridiculously high. That mm. is like a hundred meters. I think three hundred feet must okay. be a mistake. I don't think we can yes, rely is, upon this person. But anyway, carry is, on. Yes. 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 <laughs> it this is four chan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a big. Let's. We're going to replace that with big TV screen on the side of the building. I noticed that Team Viewer was running in the background, and I took a photo of the username and password. I just tried remote controlling it, and it worked! Exclamation mark. Mm. What should I use this for, considering that it's probably unattended all night long? All night long. Lionel Richie. Yeah, that's his assistant. All night <laughs> yeah. long. All I put night. up that video. That's the obvious thing. There's the answer. Obviously. That's what the <laughs> <laughs> So there were many suggestions, not some were as mildly funny as yours was, <laughs> and uh, some were truly distasteful. Oh, what a surprise. Um, they included swastikas and the sign saying Big Brother is watching mm. you and warning, a warning this is a Sharia controlled zone, no alcohol, no gambling, no porn, mm. and a kind of peppy Donald Trump mashup uh, thing. Any Rickroll suggestions? <laughs> not, not that I saw. Not That's that I disappointing. Saw. So, you know, we know we've seen this before. This is not the first time a billboard has been hacked. I think last May, Liverpool, one shopping center has a screen. It's, it got hacked and it was hacked with a kind of rather helpful message saying, we suggest you improve your security. Sincerely, your friendly neighborhood hackers. <laughs> That's nice. Um, yeah. In April, the giant LED screen in the busy Delhi metro station um, started streaming Pornhub clips. Oh. Um, and in March, Mexico City digital board located near the, one of the busy roads shored porn for a few minutes. And probably the worst one was the 2015 Atlanta billboard. Remember, it was in a really swanky neighborhood in Atlanta, and it displayed right. Goatsy. Remember <laughs> oh. Goatsy? Oh, God. Well, a Any listener who doesn't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> no. you are a very lucky human being. Do not go and research this. Don't yes. Google Goatsy. And do not think this is a double bluff. There won't be links in the show notes. They will not. <laughs> there will not be any links in the show notes. A very quick way to get blacklisted. On Actually, I don't think that is my favorite. My favorite, remember, it was like, it was like late 2000s and there was like zombies ahead. It was in Austin. It was an, yeah. a, a construction signs in Austin. Zombies ahead. And yeah, uh, yeah there was like something. Like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> So Those signs are very things. easy to hack. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, there was I, another one saying Dalek invasion. I oh, liked that, that one because obviously. Yeah. Yeah, obviously fantastic. The reason I wanted to talk about this was to kind of crowbar in uh, some security chatter about TeamViewer. Now, TeamViewer, for those who don't know, is a tool that allows people to use, you know, to remotely access computers and desktops and allows for file sharing and all these kind of things. Right. And they're used to, in some cases, to display messages on, you know, people use them when they're doing presentations to share screens. But people also use them in order for these big digital screens. So TeamViewer, like many of us in the industry would say, it's been designed to be easy to use, not necessarily very strongly secure. And there is a great article that I found from, and it was published last year, but it was from, published from How to Geek. And it has loads and loads of little tips on how you can make your TeamViewer instance much more secure. Now, a few big ones that we can share is make sure you exit TeamViewer when it's not in use. Don't just leave it hanging around. Turn, you know, turned on but silent. Use obviously strong passwords, and there is going to be a link in the show notes for how to do that, right, Graham? <laughs> um, sure thing. Dusting that one off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'll be like eight hundred. Good luck finding any of the any of the links. Um, turn on two factor authentication for TeamViewer, and I was just talking to my other half, and he didn't even know that two factor authentication existed for TeamViewer. Hmm. So that may be something that's less known. Um, Divorce him. <laughs> 
Yes, that Strong would be a good measures. reason. Why are you leaving him? Because, and of course, make sure it's updated. You know, obviously, I think that's uh, less, uh, you know, I think most people would make sure of that now. But um, just as a little reminder, let's do that because we're going to be relying on digital screens much more. I mean, right. I think we're the, the end of the poster is near, right? Right. But so he, sort of devil's advocate on this one. Yeah. The folks setting up these giant screens yep. are... They don't give an F about any of this stuff generally is my is my guess. Well, until they get until they until they have their big boss coming down them going, what the hell? Yeah, but these are, aren't these the guys that usually are like up there on the billboards, like the old pasteboard guy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking like you were mentioning the the Austin sign hack. Yeah. I mean, do you know how to hack those? You literally just walk up to them and open the panel in the back with a, like a flathead screwdriver. And there you go. That's how you get that's access. The construction to- sign ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. For the road signs. But I yeah. think the advertising billboard are a little bit more complicated than that, aren't they? Or are, are they, they? not? <laughs> well, I, I don't think you can go up to them as much. Well, maybe you can. Maybe, maybe you can. Yeah, usually there's a ladder. I mean, is it, really, <laughs> is it really that hard? I don't know. I mean, so I'm just thinking, so exit it, exit TeamViewer fully when you're not using it. Like, maybe there should be a way for that to TeamViewer to self-time out on some sort of application like this. Absolutely, yeah. Like, assuming that the person's going to know to do that, I don't know. That seems like a giant leap to me. There's uh, another one about disa- you know, making sure it doesn't start up when you basically boot up Windows either, right? So don't just have it auto-start with along with Windows. Windows. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, I, I'm not saying TeamViewer is the responsible for all these things, but these remote access tools need to be properly configured in order to try and stem the flow of attacks like this because they seem to be growing. You know, it's quite fun for a young hacker to be able to hack something that's and, so, you know. Yeah. And don't display your TeamViewer username and password <laughs> on the billboard. Right? Don't well, have that popping that, up on that the screen. That, that must happen because you're sharing your screen, right? And that, I was thinking about that. Like, how do you... So how does that just happen? Tr- yeah. yeah. How do you turn that off? And how do you manage that? They may not even be aware that that's happening. Right. Well, it's like when you have a, a press conference and you have the Wi-Fi username and password behind yeah. the, the reporter kind of thing. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's, that's just bad password hygiene. Bad and overall hygiene. Oh, I suppose yeah. it is. Well, guys, I think it's time to find out who's sponsoring the show this week. Let's find out who the sponsor is. Graham, who's our sponsor this week? Our sponsor is Recorded Future. You know them. They're cool. They do all kinds of cool things. Like? They look on the web. They look on the dark web. They they peruse the internet in its darkest corners, and they work out what are the new emerging threats and vulnerabilities from the world of hacking and cybersecurity, and then they bundle it all up. They wrap it up in a beautiful ah. ribbon and send it to you in a free email. If you want to be ahead of the game, I guess you get their free daily email. Of course you do. But first of all, you've got to sign up for it. Otherwise, they won't know to send it to you. They're not that clever. Uh, Go to recordedfuture.com slash intel. And thanks to Recorded Future for supporting the show. Smashing and welcome back to the show. And in this segment, we are going to choose our picks of the week. Yes, our pick of the week could be a funny story, a book we've read, a TV show, movie, record, an app. I think, we should, I think we should have a choice mm. of pick of the week and tip of the week. I do think we should maybe pick tip. Pick what do you the think? tip. Tip to tip pick. Yeah. Pick. Sometimes people can give good tips. Sometimes there's a good pick. Mm, that's what she would, said. Would <laughs> we? Would we have to? Have, <laughs> would we have to have a different? You know, I have to say, Maria, I thought having a woman on the show would actually raise the tone a little bit, and I'm not sure that's happened. 
Why? Why Who would gave you have that it? idea? Yeah, why would that? <laughs> Graham, you know me. <laughs> I thought we would get out of the locker room and it would just be a little bit classier. Listen, Trump's, tra- Trump's president, anything is possible now. <laughs> you know, <Just> kidding. <laughs> anyway. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Maria, could you say... Pick of the week. Ah, excellent. There you excellent. go. Very keen. Mm, yes. Um, so I've just got a quick one for you all. Um, there is a podcast. It's ridiculously popular. I mean, it's... it's oh. Yeah, You, if you listen to podcasts, you've heard of this podcast, but you... Yeah, it's a good one. It's it's Reply All from the mm-hmm. guys at Gimlet Media, um, which is a great weekly podcast. I think they do it most weeks, and it's all about the, the weirdness of the internet and things like that. And mm. their latest episode, which we'll link to in the show notes, is all about <laughs> tech support scammers. Now, mm. when I saw it was about tech support scammers, I thought, oh, okay, they're going to do the usual thing where a scammer calls them up and they, they keep them on the phone for ages and it gets more and more ridiculous. But no, they've been rather more inventive than that. It's it's, it's a almost, brilliant episode. It, it, it's a great episode. And yeah. So what I do they do? Well, I don't want to give too much yeah. away because it's rather beautiful. But basically, mm. they almost form a relationship with the scammer. You know, it's like they're calling up regularly for chats and but the they episode- also do a bit of journalness, right? So they go and do a bit of digging and they find out lots yeah. of information, which is quite interesting. They find yeah. out more about this particular company, which is doing the scams and the people who are working there. And it ends on something of a cliffhanger, which will make you want to tune in, I think, to the next episode, which hasn't been released at the time of recording, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it, to find out what happens next. But I would recommend it. Yeah, t- I agree. Total hat tip for that. I loved it as well. Go and check out Reply All, and the episode is called Long Distance. And uh, as I said, we will have a a, a link in the show notes. (laughs) Got a lot of those this week. Yeah, the mode is your. So, Maria, what's your pick of the week? Pick of the week. Uh, My pick of the week is, speaking of cliffhangers, a fascinating documentary I saw a few weeks ago while in in the throes of newborn, (laughs) like not knowing what's going on. Uh, It's (laughs) I couldn't even think of a word. Hayes. Um, (laughs) The documentary called Tickled. Oh. (laughs) Because I heard you guys talking about the Red Pill documentary a few weeks ago, and I'm just like... Graham loved that one. It was rubbish. Loved it. Hard pass on that one from me, just just frankly. (laughs) No thanks. I'm on Reddit too much. I know what that's about. No thanks. Pass. Um, But the documentary called Tickled, which is all about, quote, competitive endurance tickling, uh, is, uh, as the tagline says, not what you think. And Carl and Graham, you both have seen it, I believe, so you can back me up on this. It's a great documentary. You recommended it to me, Carl. I watched, I don't know, maybe a few months ago Mm. off Netflix, and I called Graham like the next day in the morning saying, you must watch this, you must watch this, you must watch this. And I forced him to watch (laughs) it that night just because I thought it was that good. Did you tickle him to watch it? No, just kidding. No, but (sighs) that's the thing. I never thought tickling could be dirty, but... uh, You know, it's but a not whole in the new- way you think. Not in the way yeah. you think no, at all. No. You think it's a sex thing, and it, it it is, but it's not. And that's not what this is. No, it's I just, just gave it away, but it's some not. Some crazy people, some super yeah. crazy people, and it, it's kind of dark and sad. And there's really no conclusion to the main documentary, which is a little frustrating because you're you're like dark and sad, maybe. But also, I sort of you know curl up on a Friday night with a bowl of popcorn. It's like delicious. Oh yeah, I think it's delicious, <laughs> delicious TV. I love documentaries like that. Kroll has an endless appetite for dark and sad, is what we're <laughs> and popcorn and, and popcorn. popcorn. Yeah, stuff in her face. Bit of darkness, bit of sadness, bit of popcorn. Delicious. <laughs> and have you seen the follow up documentary called The Tickle King? 
No. Okay. No. So oh, this no. is so this is you have to. I'm 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 giving you a walking orders. Go watch the Tickle King, because that's the follow up. Basically, when they started airing the Tickle documentary at film festivals, a lot of the guys in the documentary started showing up and like real life trolling these events. Oh. Yes. And it's like there's all this drama and it's kind oh. of so yeah. If the Tickle okay. documentary is not enough for you, which it's you know it might not be you know if. As fascinating as it is, go watch the Tickle King afterwards. Like okay. back to back, it's awesome. Um, really fascinating, and yeah, great, great watch. Sounds good. I'll check it out. Thank yeah. you very much. No problem. And it's not the red pill. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> what's your pick of the week? So mine, mine's a bit weird because I did this pick because of its weird factor. I mean, this okay. is just too weird. Right. So this is a Tokyo-based artistic design studio mm-hmm. called We Plus. Now, the reason I wanted to use this, the reason I liked it, because I was talking about screens earlier. So this is all about screens as well. And what they've done is they've developed a clock that is actually a kind of digital screen, but it represents a human face. Basically, the way that that face is looking at or moving its mouth is supposed to indicate what time it is. What? <laughs> so this is like a shop dummy face or something, is it? No, no, no. Okay, look, look. Let me, look. I want you guys to watch the video, okay? okay. There's a little All promo right. video. It's on Mashable. Just watch this and you'll see what I mean. Okay. All right. All right. Let's watch it. Yeah. Let's go click it. Now, do you see? Like, how do they? No, see? no. <laughs> what? <laughs> nope. I'm noping out of this. No, no, thank you. Uh, that's enough internet for me today. That's how? No. So what? let me explain to listeners. So basically, <laughs> say for example, it was ten to two. You would have to have um, your left eye kind of facing upwards and left, and your right eye facing upwards and right. Right? And how do you mm. do that? So they Mm-mm. took. They have three different face clocks, which you can choose from right. <laughs> that are available. And then they did movies of the faces moving their eyes in, you know, around the clock face. And then they, of course, mirrored two <sighs> together to try and get the different. Uh, it's. I, the thing was, okay, okay, and there's like some, you know, blah, blah about how this is important, about how time <laughs> controls our lives that I just thought was blah, just blah, snooze, snooze fest. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, sometimes you're just like, come on. Um, however, I have to say, I would like people to go look at it just to see if they actually can tell the time quickly. So I think there's there's a game in here, right? Just stop the video and say, what time is it? I haven't seen, I, ca- I cannot recognize this. Um, I mean, you've explained to me how it works with the eyes moving. I can't read the times on any of these. <laughs> it's, <laughs> just, it's just like a human whose brain has been replaced with a goldfish and they're going pop, pop, pop. And it's just really disconcerting. And I don't want to tell time with that. Who, like, who would want one of these? <laughs> <laughs> and their well, eyes like, are like bug eyed and stuff. I'm not OK with it. <laughs> See, I have a number of cool clocks in my house that, Graham, you have a problem <clears> with <throat> because you feel that they're. You, know, you have one particularly bad <laughs> clock, which is absurd. In every well, fashion, and not very easy to. But actually, is it easier to tell the time from than this? Yes, and I think better looking as well. I think I'd find it creepy. It's a bit like um, you know those paintings and you know in haunted uh, haunted houses where they follow you, the eyes follow you. Oh, like Scooby Doo style. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You take the mask off, and it's Mister yeah. Jenkins. <laughs> so go be weird. If any one of you want a top pick for being weirded out, mm. go check out this little uh, this little product and video on Mashable. That's well, my what's top. What's the clock pick. that you have? Then you can't just tease that. And well, not tell it's us kind what of it is. okay. So my clock is where the hand, 
don't move. The hand stays steady and there's a cog that turns around the hand and the cog has the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the face on it. So the one, two, three, four, five, and it kind of chugs along at, on a cog and it turns. And as it goes, you can tell what Does time it is. Does it have a cog? I, I hope you're following this at home, folks. <laughs> I heard cog I know, four I know. times. This mental picture that's yeah. been drawn up. Krull, is it possible you've got a link we could put in the yes. show notes? <laughs> yes, let's add it to the show notes. Show or notes. just take a photograph and chuck it up on the internet somewhere and people can see that. Um, put it on the Twitter link. I, <laughs> I think that just about wraps it up. It's been quite a show. Um, we, we've had a few interruptions. Hopefully they didn't crop up in the edit too much. We had a power cut at one point. That was very exciting. Um, <laughs> but we, we've made it to the end. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks it's, for having me. It's been you wonderful. You are great. She's been super, hasn't she? Yep. Thank you at home for tuning in. And if you like the show, or if Carl, you've got some... you were great too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, no Thanks, one says Graham. I was great. Do you want to say I was because great? Because you're not. <laughs> right. Well, on that note. Just kidding. We love you a little, maybe. If, if you've got any comments to make on the show, go somewhere like iTunes, where you can leave us some feedback. Uh, just remember to click the five star button while you're doing it. Whether it's good feedback or negative feedback, we don't care. Just five stars, five stars. Um, go to www.smashinsecurity.com and you can follow us on Twitter at smashinsecurity. No G on Twitter. Oh, and thanks as always for listening. Yeah. Until next time. Toodaloo. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making us laugh, Maria. Oh, no problem. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not funny. And Graham's not very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was so much fun. Oh, wow. Fun! Oh, gosh, I just dropped something on the floor.